14, beginning at verse 22. It says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Amen to the reading of his word. You may be seated. We want to talk from the subject, more faith, less fear. More faith, less fear. More faith, less fear. More faith, less fear. This is a year where we're ready for more. At ICOG, that's what we declared, Luke 14 being our theme scripture, and it talks about Christ who had his banquet, and everything was prepared, everything was ready, and the people who made it ready for decided they were too busy to come. But God doesn't get anything ready for no reason. He's ready because there's some great things that are prepared. Salvation is ready. Healing is ready. Deliverance is ready. And it's ready, and it's for somebody. And so he had to tell his servants, they don't want to come, so you got to go to the highways and the hedges and the byways and compel them to come because I want my house full. And so we started with three questions at the beginning of this year. We said, what does God require more of me? Then we said, what am I going to do about it? And finally, what help do I need? Because in order to experience what God has for us, we got to be able to go beyond our normal situations beyond our norm, beyond our comfort zones. How many really believe that more is possible? <laughs> more manifestation of God's goodness in our life, it is possible. But we've got to be able to push past more. So we talked about in order to have more, we got to have more spirit and less flesh. We got to be spirit-led people. We have to have, be a spirit-led church. Not flesh-led. Flesh not going to take us anywhere. We got to be a spirit-led. People who are moved by the spirit. People who listen to the spirit. People who consult the spirit. People who abide with the spirit as he abides with us to lead us to where God would have for us to be and act in obedience to his will. But in order to follow the spirit, we have to have more faith and less fear. See, it's understood that typically our responses to fear, and we can all relate to this, is that we do one of three things. We either fight, 
We either flight or we freeze. We either fight, we either flight, or we freeze. But I don't know if anybody here is with me, but I'm tired of running. I'm tired of freezing. And I'm tired of fighting the wrong fight that's not going to get me anywhere. That's why God had to tell us in Mark eleven twenty two. he said, have faith in God. So we got to be a church that has more faith and less fear in our lives. Need to teach for a little bit, so I need you to bear with me. We got to get some foundational things because when we hear words like believe, we hear words like faith, we hear words like trust, oftentimes we might get them confused. Well, we need to get a biblical understanding of what we're talking about when we're talking about faith, when we're talking about belief, when we're talking about trust. Belief, as we know in the natural, is simply this, accepting something as true. So in the natural realm, this isn't biblical belief. I'm going to get there. But in the natural realm, accepting something as true. Belief is a product of your, of your mind. The information is there. You believe it to be true. That's, but in James 2 and 19, it says, you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. So the demons believe, they know that Jesus is true, but they don't have faith in him. Are you following? So it, it, they understand the facts, but there's no faith there. They believe that they're true, but there's no faith there. And so when we talk about biblical belief, he's not talking about just an understanding that something is true. It goes beyond that. When we talk about faith the Greek word is pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. You don't have to know this, but I'm just telling you. The Greek word is pistis in the Bible. And phytis is the Latin word, F-I-D-I-S. But here's our definition that we need to work off of. Faith is the assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. All right? The assured, assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. In other words, we have to understand here that faith has an object. Mark eleven twenty two says, have faith, have assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of God. So he doesn't just say have faith, right? He says have faith in God. You follow? There's an object there. Matthew 6, 24, Jesus says this, you can't serve two masters. You're going to love one or, and hate the other. He says you can't serve God and money. Why? Because your faith is going to go one way or the other. A lot of us, we have faith, but we have faith in our bank account. As long as the money's in the bank, everything is good. Come on here. Is our faith in God? Is our faith in our money? This is what Jesus is saying. You can't, it can't be both ways. See, faith is not just a product of our mind, but faith is also a product of our heart. It's not just an intellectual thinking, but it's also a product of our heart because that which is our object, we have to have affection for. We have to value. 
So that is faith. Faith really is trust. The word, those two words are actually the same in, in, in its language, original language. It's the same word. So we talk about faith, we talk about trust, and ultimately biblical belief talks about the exact same thing. Let me give you an example. My beautiful goddaughter, she's here, Renee, had an opportunity to go skydiving. Anybody been skydiving before? She, <laughs> if like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. See, I'm sure Renee believed in a parachute. See what I'm saying? She believed that they're real. She believed that they exist. You see what I'm saying? She believed that. She believed that they will slow down your rate of speed as you descend from the earth so that you don't break every bone in your body. She believes that. But when she was 10,000 feet above the ground, when they said jump, that's faith. You see what I'm saying? You can believe it all you want. You, you, you know it. <laughs> You've seen it. You've seen somebody else do it. But faith is you got to jump. You, you see the difference? <laughs> see, that's believing. Faith is actually doing. <laughs> so that's why in Genesis 15 and 6, when the Bible says Abraham believed the Lord and accounted to him for righteousness, he was talking, but that word believe is really faith. He's talking about he had the faith. In other words, Abraham left his country to go where God told him to go, even though he didn't know where he was going. And Jesus says, believe in me. He's not talking about having intellectual understanding of the facts. He's saying that believing in me is this. Believing in Jesus is leaving a life of self-dependence to embrace a life of Christ-dependence. That's what believing is not just I understand the facts, but I'm leaving a life of self-dependence and moving to a life of Christ-dependence. That's belief. Let's talk about fear for a second. Fear in the, in, in the, the Hebrew is yaira or yare, y-a-r-a, y-a-r-e, yaira or yare. In the Greek New Testament, it's phobos. Or phobia, where we get our word phobia. So fear has two dimensions. One dimension of fear, which we're not talking about yet, is really reverence or awe. So when the Bible says the fear of the Lord, he's talking about the reverence or awe of the Lord. But that's not what fear we're talking about. Fear, and it's talk, we're speaking of, is dread or terror. <laughs> Come on, we know what fear is, right? It's dread or terror. Like when we said, are you going skydiving? And you said, no. <laughs> dread and terror. This is what he's talking about fear. Understand that fear entered the world when sin entered the world. You following? Sin entered the world when fear entered the world. In Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says Adam and Eve could eat of any, any of the tree, but except the one, the tree of, the, of knowledge of good and evil. But the Satan tricked them, or Satan tricked Eve, and they both ate. And the Bible says that they realized that they were naked, right? See, because they chose assured reliance on the character, ability, and strength and truth of themselves rather than God. See, that was their mistake. See, they chose to have faith in themselves versus having faith in God. See? And when they did that, Adam realized that he was naked, 
And the Bible says when God was in the cool of the garden moving about looking for it, the Bible says Adam hid himself because he said, I was naked and I was afraid. See, here we see fear coming in. So why was he afraid? See, Adam was afraid because the faith and trust in God was broken and the covering of God's glory was no longer there. See, the trust or faith in God was now broken and the covering of his glory was removed. See, he said, now Adam felt uncovered. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. See, Adam felt inadequate. Adam felt insecure to deal with his environment. You ever had trust broken? Come on, and he is quiet, church, today. You ever had trust broken? How does that feel? Have you ever broken somebody's trust? See, you avoid. Come on now. See, see, you avoid them because you know you've broken trust. See, that's what Adam was doing. He was hiding from God. See, he was hiding from his presence. See, before that, he could walk around with God and everything was great, but now he was hiding because God would see him in his, friend, in his uncovered, in his naked state. And he was fearful. But I'm glad the Bible doesn't stop there because we know that living in the spirit of fear is not for the believer. <laughs> Come on, didn't hear somebody? Living in the spirit of fear is not for the believer. That's why 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power because God is all powerful and of love because God is love and a sound mind because God is stable. He hasn't given us fear. He's given us power, love, and a sound mind. Moving on, faith is a gift from God. Let's clarify that. Faith is a gift from God. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, for by grace have you been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So that faith that you have, you didn't get on your own. God gave it to you. It is a gift from God. Romans 12 and 3 says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Hebrews 12 and 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, what? The author and finisher of our faith. So even the faith to believe God, to trust God, is given to us by God. See, more faith, less fear deals with the reality that the enemy wants to take away. The enemy wants to diminish. The enemy wants us to put on the shelf this life-giving gift that God has given us called faith. And he wants to replace it with a broke-up substitute called fear that paralyzes us, that keeps us from moving forward. He wants to exchange our faith for fear. I wish I had a church that would tell the devil, no, thank you. I'm going to keep my faith. <laughs> I need more faith and less fear. Now, let's get into our, our, our direct text. That's foundation. We're going to do some foundational teaching as we move forward. But listen, the enemy wants to exchange our faith for fear, and I'm telling him no thank you. We get into Matthew 14. Jesus 
was ministering, and he had heard that his cousin, John the Baptist, had just been killed. But the thing about John the Baptist is that he died in what? Faith. He, he got to a point in his life where he questioned, he's like, Jesus, are, are you the one to come or should we look for another? But the Bible says Jesus began to manifest his glory right in the, in the presence of his disciples. And he told his disciples, go tell John what you see and hear. So John was then able to have the confidence, the faith, and the assurance that he was the Christ. And so he was willing to die on his behalf. So he died in faith. But when he died, his forerunner, Jesus' forerunner, was now gone and it shifted his ministry. Then the Bible goes on to say that Jesus, and the next thing, he, 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 he feeds 5,000 men, not including women and children, with five loaves and two fish of bread. So Jesus, is, again, he's beginning to demonstrate his power of who he is. He's so powerful that the people want to now anoint him king. They want to make him king because they see the demonstration of who he is and what his power is, but they really didn't realize who he is. They wanted power for themselves. So they wanted to make him king. But Jesus, knowing that it was not his time and that was not his position to take, that he gets away. And here we get into our text. He said, I'm going to go and pray. So he tells his disciples, listen, I want you to get into the boat, right? And I will meet you at the next city. In other words, y'all go ahead. I'm going to go pray and I'll meet you on the other side. I'll meet you at the next city. We got to understand something about God. Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> Jesus knew the exact conditions he was sending them into. It was going to get dark. The winds were going to start to blow. The waves were going to be really high. And their progress was going to be slow. I'm talking to somebody here today. Somebody in the dark. <laughs> See that the winds are going against you. <laughs> The waves are really high, and you feel, I should have been there by now. But the progress is still going slow. But it was Jesus who sent them into those conditions. See, because more faith, less fear requires our faith to be tested. We've got to understand that there is a learning and a testing in every situation that we find ourselves in. If we are in a situation, there's something for us to learn in it, and our faith must be tested in those situations. I don't know about you, have you ever been in a situation where maybe you got a new job, and, and your boss has hired you, but then two weeks later, your boss is gone? <laughs> Huh? The person that hired you is no longer there. You don't know anybody. You don't got any political contacts. You have nothing. You still are saying because, hey, the person who hired me is now gone, but you're in that situation. But God is just testing your faith. Some of you got married. You stood here at the altar and said, I do, to death do us part. Two months later, you found out something about your spouse that they didn't tell you. Come on in here. Be before you got married. I'm going to move on because some of y'all are not liking this kind of preaching. You, you, you hear some stuff and now you're in a situation that's a little bit different than what you expected. But we've got to understand that God will allow us to be in situations not to kill us but to test our faith. And moving us from faith to faith and glory to glory, God will send us into some challenging situations. And he'll do it because he knows what he already put within you. He's already given you faith. Oh, come on in here. And that faith is necessary for us to live this life. If we're going to grow, if we're going to develop, if we're going to mature in God, our faith has to be tested. Our faith has to be put on trial. We have to be put in situations that recalls for us to 
use our faith in order to take one step after the other. God will put us, not the devil, God will allow us to go in situations. He'll let the devil throw some stuff at us. He'll let the winds go and the waves go so that our faith can be tested. More faith, less fear requires our faith to be tested. It's a requirement. Renee had to jump. You'll get that tomorrow. She had to jump. Your faith has to be tested. The Bible says the disciples are in the middle of the water. They rowing. This thing ain't looking good. Y'all, this ain't looking good. I love y'all. It's been real. <laughs> Don't look like we're going to get to the other side. I love y'all. Please forgive me for all I've done. I didn't mean to take your candy when you weren't looking. <laughs> but Jesus, see, when prayer meeting was over, Jesus, you know, Oh, man, the last ship, last boat done already left. <laughs> no boats going out there now because the weather's bad. He got to get all the way to the other side. He could have ran, you know, maybe caught an Uber. <laughs> maybe he could have caught him. But no, 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 no. Jesus knew where they were. And so Jesus decides he's going to take a shortcut to get to his boys. So he decided that he's just going to just skip all that and just walk on the water. <laughs> he walked on the water because he knew that's where they were. He didn't go around because they weren't around. <laughs> he didn't go over because they weren't over. He went to exactly where they were. They were right there in the middle. <laughs> How many know that Jesus will come right there in the middle because he knows exactly where you are. He knows what situation you are. He's not going to go around. He ain't going over. He ain't going beneath. He's going to come right to where you are. He knows what situation you're in. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're facing, and he'll come right there where you are. And the disciples, see, everything was cool when they were on land. See, everything was cool when Jesus was feeding people and fish and loaves of bread. Everything was cool. But now when they're in the middle of a situation, in the middle of the water, and they perceive that Jesus is not there, then all of a sudden they start fearing for their lives. Come on, let's be honest. Let's not put down on them. Let's look at our own selves. When things are going good, we love our Jesus. But when that mortgage is due and we ain't got no more money, then sometimes, come on in here, we start fearing for our lives. They're going to take my house. They're going to take my car. I ain't going to be able to finish school. Come on in here. You know what? I'm going to lose my job. I ain't going to make, I ain't going to have nothing to eat. My children going to go hungry. We start getting fearful. See, when Jesus is here, when everything's going good, oh, it's good. But when, when we fear, when we pursue, like he's not right there with us, then fear begins to take over. Fear starts to raise its ugly head. Jesus. <laughs> I got to move on. Jesus shows up in their situation. He shows up. But he showed up in a unique way. He showed up in an unexpected way. They were not expecting Jesus to come walking on the water because they had never seen that before. 
They ain't done that before. And so he comes showing up, walking on the water. Imagine being there at 3 o'clock in the morning, dark as, darker than me, black outside. Come on now. You in the middle of the water. You just got your boy. Y'all scared for your life. And all of a sudden, a black shadow, a black blob come walking across the water. Oh, my Lord. They were scared of what they were seeing. But Jesus would show up in our situations in unique and unexpected ways. But you got to understand, he ain't always going to show up the way you think he ought to show up. He can show up in ways you've never even thought of. That's why he's God and God all by himself. But we got to realize that sometimes when new comes and sometimes when different comes and sometimes when unexpected comes, our first reaction to that is fear. But let me help you. Sometimes God's just going to show up in ways that's different and you got to get over your fear because he is him. It's just different than how you thought. It's the same God that's providing. He's just got a different way of providing for you. huh? It's the same God that's keeping. He's just keeping you through a different vehicle that he was keeping you before. It's the exact same God. But when God tries to bring new stuff to us, we get afraid. We ain't ever done it like that before. We ain't seen that before. <laughs> it's the oh Lord. It's the same God. Just because we don't understand it don't mean it's not God. <laughs> I'm going to move on from that one. See, we think we got to understand something in order for... That would make you God. <laughs> Hello. See, faith, faith means I don't understand it, but I understand him. See, that, that, that's different. More faith, less fear, requires recognizing Christ's presence in any situation. More faith, less fear, requires recognizing Christ's presence in any situation. The disciples were in the boat, and all of a sudden, it's already bad up, but this black blob is coming out from, to them, and they don't know what's going on. So the Bible says that they were afraid, but Jesus knows that, and he says, hey, guys, be of good cheer. It's just me. It's I. But guess what? Peter, Peter heard that, and his faith jumped up. <laughs> Come on here. Peter heard in his eye, what? And his faith jumped up. Because I don't know that he was certain who it was, but it was the possibility that it was Jesus because he said it is I. And even the possibility that God is showing up in the middle of my situation will cause my fear, that, that will cause my fear to go and my faith to rise up within me. Everybody else was sitting down, but, but Peter's faith began to rise up. His faith rose, rose up with him. Maybe he thought back to Psalms 23 and 4 where it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Maybe he thought of Psalms 139 and 8 that says, If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my head in bed in hell, behold, you're there. Maybe he thought I'd never leave you nor forsake you. That's the promise he gave us. We got to find Jesus in our situation that faith faith begins to rise up oh 
Peter's faith became alive when he perceived that it, 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 it's Jesus. <laughs> Peter, he, he, he's alive now. He says, uh, Lord, if it's you, <laughs> if it's you, command me to walk on the water. This thing gets real, real. Lord, if it's you, command me to walk on the water. Listen, <laughs> our ask of God is the indicator of our faith in God. Yeah. Yeah. So you see, watch. He didn't, say, he didn't say, James, I need you to do something for me. He didn't say, Pastor Pumphrey, can, can, could you come and do something for me? My child is sick. Pastor Pumphrey, can you please come? That's not what he said. See, because Pastor Pumphrey's limited. Pastor Tony is limited. He didn't go to the other disciples. Catch this. He said, if it's you, you got to do something only you. You got to show me something that only you can do. You got to do something that only you can do. More faith, less fear requires a word that only God can provide. See, he said, if it's you, command me to walk on the water. The Bible said that Jesus got, Peter got up out the boat and he began to walk on the water. But let's clarify something for us. Peter wasn't just walking on the water. The reality was Peter was walking on the word. See, Peter didn't say, just jump out the boat and say, here, Jesus, can I do this? He said, if it's you, you got to give the command. See, if you give the command for me to come, then I know that I can come. See, if there's a word for this, uh, then I know it will happen. <laughs> See, Romans 8, 28 says, all things uh, work together for the good of them who love the Lord and who are what called according to his purpose. <laughs> if God purposes it, uh, it will happen <laughs> because all the elements, uh, water, rain, your bank account, your job, your boss will line up with the command. See, the command was for Peter to come, but the command was for the water to also hold Peter up. You're not getting what I'm saying today. Everything around your circumstance will agree with what God is saying. When God gives a word, when God speaks something to it, you're walking on the word. It looks like I'm walking on water, but I'm walking on the word. My faith in Jesus, my faith in his word, my faith in his strength, my faith in his character, my faith faith in his ability, my faith in his doodle, the exceeding abundantly, above all I can ask or think, I'm walking on the word.
That's more faith and less fear. See, Peter just wanted to be where Jesus was. I wish I had a church that just wanted to be where Jesus was. I don't care how dangerous it is. If that's you, I want to be where you are. And so he said, God, if it's, if, the, if it's your word, command for me to walk on the water. I'm done. But I'm telling you, it's time for a church to have more faith and less fear. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care what you're going through. More faith and less fear is possible. If you just believe, not in yourself, but you believe in him, that he can do all things, that there's nothing too hard for God. He is the object of our faith. He's the one we trust in. He's the one we rely on. He's the one we depend on. He's the one we turn to. Winds come, I'm turning to Jesus. Winds blow, I'm turning to Jesus. Storm rise, I'm turning to Jesus. You leave, I'm turning to Jesus. You fail, I'm turning to Jesus. I'm walking in faith. There's faith. Trust him. There's faith. Believe in him. There's faith. The impossible is possible with Jesus. Tell your neighbor, more faith, less fear. Tell your neighbor, more faith, less fear. Tell the person behind you, more faith, less fear. More faith, less fear. More faith, less fear. More faith. Less fear, more faith, less fear, more faith, less fear. And just in case you're worried because you read the text that he got on the water and he took his eyes off Jesus, eyes off that word for a second. And the Bible said he began to sink. Don't be afraid of sinking because if you know something, you'll hear what I'm saying. If you stand on water, you're going straight down. The Bible didn't say Peter went straight down. The Bible said Peter began to sink. In other words, God's grace was still right there, holding him up, holding him up long enough to simply say, Lord, save me. The grace of God is still there. Even if you falter on this walk, the grace of God is still there. You could have fell right to the bottom, but his grace will sustain you. If you just call out and say, Jesus, save me, he'll be right there to pick you up. There's no place you can fall to that is armed not long enough to reach you. There's no depth that you can go that is armed not strong enough to pick you up. More faith, 
less fear. need to pray together to seal this word the church must move by the spirit and the church must move in faith let's pray together father in heaven we bless you we honor you for the gift of faith that you've given God we thank you Lord even now in this moment God, if we've been uh, remiss in exercising our faith, God, we repent in Jesus' name. Lord, save us even now. But Father, we thank you that we're putting our faith in you. We're putting our faith in your character. God, we're putting our faith in your faithfulness. God, we're putting our faith in your strength and your ability. We're putting our faith in the truth of your word. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you that there's more faith and less fear. We command the spirit of fear to move right now in Jesus' name, to be gone from our lives, to be gone from this church, be gone from our families, be gone from our children, be gone from our spouses, be gone from us. Spirit of fear, you are no longer welcome here. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Faith of Jesus Christ and Christ alone is arising within us. We have faith. We have faith in Jesus alone. And Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters that we'll have more faith and less fear and we'll walk in the spirit of your anointing. And we bless you and we honor you. And we count it done. We count it done. We count it done in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and give God a praise. Give him honor. Give him glory. Magnify him. Exalt him. Bless him. More faith. Less fear. More faith. Less fear. More faith. Less fear. Before we close, where everybody's praying is there somebody here that does not know the Lord Jesus somebody here that needs to give their life to Jesus everybody praying quietly just a few more minutes but if there's somebody here that does not know the Lord Jesus and you hear the Spirit of God you feel him drawing you saying now's the time to come this is not an embarrassing time this is the best time of your life to give your life to the Lord Jesus you realize I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. I need to repent of my sin. I want to be saved. It is somebody that wants to give their life to Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Does somebody want to give their life to Jesus? Is there somebody else? Celebrate, celebrate. Is there somebody else that needs to come, that needs to give their life to the Lord Jesus? Somebody looking for a church home. You're already saved. You know the Lord. But you hear God saying, this is the place where he wants you to work out your soul salvation. Is there somebody that wants to join this local fellowship? You hear God saying, now's the time. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Amen. 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 Is there one? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can do better than that, ICLG. Come on. Let's give God praise. Celebrate.
Jesus. Is there another? Let's get on board. Somebody want to be saved. Somebody want to join this local fellowship. You hear the Lord speaking, say, yeah, is there one? Is there one? Amen. I'm going to give just one last call. There's somebody. Don't let the devil trick you. Don't let fear take you. Have faith in God. Is there somebody that wants to put their faith in Jesus? One last time. There's somebody here. You realize I need to give my life to the Lord. I hear him calling me. Is there somebody that wants to come to put their faith in him? Is there one? Amen. If we're all satisfied, let's give God praise one last time for his goodness. Amen. Amen. We are leaving out of this place on fire with full of faith. We have the faith. We just got to use it. Amen. More faith and less fear. Let's stand to our feet to be dismissed. Have a great rest of the day. Have a great week trusting in God and all you do. Remember, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're more than a conqueror because of him that loves you. Amen. Amen. All hearts and minds clear. I'm going to get to the back. for this time of worship, the time of experience your goodness together. We don't take it lightly, God, but we love being here in your presence. God, we thank you for your word. Continue to strengthen us by your word. And as we go from this place, let us not leave your presence. Let us love one another as you've commanded us to love and look for your goodness and grace in our life. Bless us and keep us till we see each other again. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.